We're actual pros. That's the illusion we like to give, at least. Dislike how the Google Calendar icon is very similar to the Google Docs icon. That's what you get when you have a similar color palette versed, uh, as well as a similar icon style guideline set. And especially if you organize your icons by color. That's just because you're crazy. One true way. I don't think it's sufficient. How do you organize yours? I like to keep as much as, as least amount of pages as possible. So I don't, I don't want to have to scroll across five times in order to find an app. Uh, and at the same time, I kind of don't believe in buckets, like the folders. Um, I only do them when they're truly things that I don't necessarily have to get to immediately. And I have like the leisure time to actually get to it. For my main apps that I use in like the main screen, I use the the spectrum of colors organization. And you complain <laughs> that I, can, I organize mine by color groupings. Well, at least... It's the same thing. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> You're well, such a designer. I am not segregating them by color by color. Yeah, the problem I have is I do have a the miscellaneous rainbow Rain group. Bucket. Yeah. But what are the four icons on your on the bottom of your screen? So my four icons are the phone. Phone, really? Do you use the phone that often? Uh Okay, there you go. Get rid of the phone. Alright, next. What's next? Gmail. Okay, that's acceptable. Chrome. Mm, yeah, okay messages mm. you know i realize yeah i should just get the phone out of there get the phone out of there no one uses the phone i cannot remember the last time i opened my phone app but what, what would you replace it with uh either spotify no or camera oh Maybe. no well things you can swipe up and quickly open the camera so that's, that's a waste of a spot i would say overcast well you stopped using overcast do you see how i did the segue <laughs> Was that intentional? Yes, it was. Of course, Sam. Of course, it was intentional. <laughs> All right. I shouldn't call you out whenever you're trying to be smooth. Are you going to ask what mine are? Probably just like, just overcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. So I do have Gmail. Okay. I'd say messages is probably one that you have. Mm -hmm. Is overcast not an app that's down there? It, it was, yes. Okay. So Gmail is definitely one. Yes. <clears throat> do you have four or do you have five? I have four. Calendar. No. No. Hmm. Well, this is a fun game. You're not a big Instagram person. You no. Say, nothing social. You say all hell to Facebook. I don't even have Facebook on my phone. Yep. Um, Google Authenticator. <laughs> I appreciate that we have to use it for security, but oh my God, I, that app. It probably should be the amount of times I use it. Yeah. Um, no, it is in fact Google Maps. Google Maps. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Mm, there you go. So I'm getting rid of phone good. right now. Oh, I'm glad this podcast has made your life a little better. It's, it's always made my life better. Mm. And I'm going to put... What do I put? Put Google Maps. Google Maps. Some mapping. Google Maps is a good one. Yeah. Um, Spotify is also a good one. Maybe Google Maps. I'll try, I'll try it out with Google Maps because... Okay. Or weather, actually. You can access weather again from swiping. Yeah. I think, but the fact is, launch the search, the app, I forget what, what it's called, but swiping down. Spotlight. Spotlight search. That should do away with any type of organizational well, thing because here's the thing. it should just be there. So my previous phone, uh, I'd say the last six months, 
that spotlight search has not been working. Hasn't worked with me either. Yeah. And so I've become very familiar with just hunting and pecking for my apps. Yeah, I definitely had that same problem too. And I moved away from it because that was how I opened all my apps. Then it started being flaky and I just trained myself to not use it. Mm. But I think they have fixed it in iOS 10. Well, since I've got my new phone, Mm. they have, it has been fixed. Nice. And I think that's probably one of the best ways to solve that problem. Solves all problems. Wait, so you have another app on there that I'm not familiar with on your I have replaced Overcast as my podcast player of choice. Oh, so Overcast was on there. Yes. Okay. I think I said said yes. Okay. Yeah, you're you're correct. I mean, a podcast playing app, let's Mm. say. Is it that one with the strange name? This, I've replaced it with Castro. Castro, that is the new one. Is that a strange name? That kind of is for a podcast app, right? Considering how topical that name is. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's more, hopefully it's more named after the area of San Francisco rather than the dictator of Cuba. <laughs> rather than the dictator. Hmm. Okay. I will tell you the story. A few releases ago, Overcast added the sync capability to the app. So if you are logged in with an account, mm. it will sync across all your devices. Oh, interesting. Which I thought was going to be interesting because I would use an old iPad I had in the kitchen yep. for podcast playback. The problem is, much like Audible, it tries to sync and just makes the app really unresponsive. Oh, that's bullshit. Because I would like tap on an on a episode to start. It would push the now playing view on, but it would be paused. And then I'd press play. And of course it was trying to play. And then by the time it played, I'd already tapped play, which made it back to pause. And so it wouldn't play. That's annoying. Which was, that was a great description. <clears throat> and so that just happened all the time. And I was like, oh, okay. And I stopped using my iPad for kitchen podcast playback. So I was like, I don't actually use sync at all. Mm. How do I stop it from syncing? There's an option in the depth of the menu to sign out. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just sign out the account. It did so lost everything when had went back to a blank screen so i was like huh no well, that's that's interesting so well, this is an opportunity you know me i want to see the silver lining in a rain cloud let's try something else i'm trying to buy castro because i also found those qualities of overcast really annoying but on top of that with overcast recently there's just been this um auto download it just keeps downloading episodes in some strange way that Obviously, I mean, I must have said it at some point to say just download new episodes. But anytime I try and listen to a new podcast, it just downloads the first three episodes or five episodes right away. And so I feel like it just takes up space. Um, But at the same time, like if I don't hear an episode or if I don't listen to a podcast for a certain time, it doesn't continue to download the latest episodes. It sort of waits on you to finish listening to the ones that you've already downloaded. And so just like micromanaging all that stuff just got to be too annoying. Yeah, I found that I had a huge backlog of unlistened episodes. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give Castro a try. This ha- has a really interesting paradigm. I think we talked about it previously before, but this has, it's almost treated like email. There's now like an inbox of every new show. So excuse me, every new episode across all shows appear in your inbox. And then you go through them one by one, deciding whether you want to play it instantly whether you want to put it to the top of the playback queue or the bottom of the playback queue. And if you do that, it'll start downloading in the background. Or you just want to archive it, which means it goes away 
and it doesn't download anything. I feel like these two paradigms kind of mirror the idea of inbox zero for email versus whatever you do, Sam. <laughs> Which is, uh, how many unread emails do you have in your inbox right now? That laugh was quite possibly the most smug laugh <laughs> I have seen and heard from Edwin. But the person who just has thousands of unread emails in their account are going to miss things like stuff gets buried stuff gets pushed down to page two of emails true. they miss stuff obviously there are people who are, some people are better at it than others i was really bad at it and if it's just a massive inbox list stuff got lost i didn't reply to things i was like oh i should i would read it read an email and then go oh, okay i should reply i can't do it right now then i'd lose it but with inbox zero you know you're like okay everything gets an action do i play it do i archive it do i ignore it and I feel like that's sort of the, the concept that Castro has, which I really liked. So it has like this benefit of now I actually, it's much harder to ignore the shows you subscribe to but don't listen to. Because I think in, in Overcast, you're like, oh, I have this bunch of these shows that I haven't listened to for a long time, but I'm still subscribed to. But as a user and the whole user experience is it doesn't really matter. They just sit around in a folder or behind a little uh, a table cell that's like, okay, yeah, they'll just sit there, they'll hang out, and you don't really have any impetus to go listen to them and actually listen to these new shows that you should perhaps at one time expressed interest in. But with Castro, all the new episodes are boom, they're in your face. You go, you have to decide, I'm not listening to this. Mm. And I found that I've gone, oh, you know what? No, oh, I haven't listened to this show for a while. Or like, oh, I did really mean to listen to this show. I'll put it in the queue. Yeah, I've been using it for like a week or two now. I will give it a try. The problem is the two features of Overcast, which no other app has, which I do miss dearly, which is voice boost. So many podcasts are so terribly produced. Like right. my dad wrote a porno, for example, the the levels vary massively and it's just oh, I so see. annoying to listen yep. to. Whereas uh, voice boost, which is basically just puts an audio compressor mm-hmm. and probably does a bit of EQ. Normalizes like it. Just, oh my gosh makes it so much better to listen to yep and like there's i realize there's quite a few shows i listen to that don't have that polish mm-hmm. hopefully is this the show is made well and people don't feel the same about this show but you know i try my best i do feel <laughs> like ours is a little bit more quieter than normal oh, we but, can fix that. but that's not that's not your fault well it is directly your fault um and of course the other thing it has is smart speed which will shrink silences uh, relative to how long they are. So it doesn't completely remove all silences yep. and give you this horrible, unnatural effect. It gives this, um, just, yeah, it just reduces silences compared to how long they are, and that just gives it a much nicer... You don't even notice it listening. And now when I'm listening on Castro, I'm like, oh my God, no one's talking. What's going on? If that's the case, I might stick around with Overcast just a little bit more. I might do a purge of all my podcasts. Yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, you know what? Maybe I will just start again. Like, I know the shows I listen to. I can easily add them back. Maybe it's time for a purge. Like I do with my Twitter followers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or other people I'm following on Twitter. Just purge them out, start again. But I just like this. This is that Castro has got this new uh, approach to dealing with your podcast, new podcast episodes. You yeah. Know? That's really nice. I, I kind of want to give it a try, but it's also three ninety nine. And I've been trying to struggle for the past five minutes on trying to buy it because my credit card is no longer oh dear. valid on iTunes. Right. So yes, there is. They have done the upfront payment thing. I think Overcast has done free to download, more like freemium model. I think 
I know Marco keeps changing around the the pricing system for Overcast. Well, last I remember, it is free to download, but then you can do like a monthly subscription. Um, but yeah, support the apps you like. If my credit card was working, okay. <laughs> you would. I would have gotten it. Okay, but because it is not. That's nice. Yeah, let's. I shall report back next week. I'm on the fence. I really like the fact that I've actually it's made me listen to new shows that I wouldn't mm. necessarily listen to. Or I listen to episodes of shows that I'm subscribed to, but I've been ignoring. Like, Anna Faris is unqualified. As a podcaster? Nope, that is the name of her show. Oh, I see. That's a good name. (laughs) Does she mean that she's unqualified for various number of things that she's interviewing people for? Or interviewing people with? Well, you'll just have to listen to find out. Anna Faris. And I will have to listen to find out. Semi-popular movie star? Yes. Wife of Crisp Rat? I'm impressed by your celebrity knowledge. Also, star of movies, blockbusters such as House Bunny is actually a good one. I know, right? (laughs) Um, Scary movie, one to four, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, House Bunny is like my um, kind of rainy day movie. It is a perfect airplane movie. Mm, Yeah, totally. Or an HBO movie. What's an HBO movie? So, previously, when things. Before the days of On Demand, my young child. Uh-oh. All right, granddad. <laughs> Sometimes you just watch HBO on a rainy day or on a day that you're just home doing nothing. And oh. every once in a while when a movie ends, another movie just automatically starts playing. Sometimes it'd be movies like House Bunny in which you'd go, "Ah, oh, I could totally watch this right now. Other movies of that genre, Forrest Gump. Ugh, no, I can watch that. Okay. Anyway, like, sorry, Tom, Tom, what's his face? Tom Daniels, Tom Harris. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. So, Thanks. Yeah. His name is Thanks. I'm sorry. There's just something I can't, I just don't enjoy mm. his, him. Okay. You're the second person that I've come across that dislikes Tom Hanks. Not any personal. Uh, maybe that's literally the definition of personal. The other person believes that Tom Hanks is actually evil. I don't think I've quite crossed that, that threshold just yet. It's like some secret agenda. Um, what was the other movie that I was going to say that's a good HBO movie? Um, Clueless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of things that are easy to watch, have you watched the second episode of The Grand Tour? I watched the first half of it. Tell me more, Sam. It's exactly the same as Top Gear. This, show, this episode was even more exactly the same. And also, I'd like to say... I told you so. What are you telling me so about, Sam? Uh, So in our last show, Edwin was on the fence, or he believed that it would not actually be a moving tent going to different locations. Uh, And the big window that you saw in the background of the main stage Mm -hmm. was a green screen. Yes. Um, It is not. Do Do you have any evidence for this? You see the stage being made. <laughs> um, that's it, really. And the people seem to be actually from South Africa. Mm, okay, I am possibly changing my mind. We all see. I'm still skeptical at the logistics and practicality. And It is not practical. I don't what think I don't understand is why, why they would do that. Because they have shit ton of money. But that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I'm still, 
I'm still. Does still it make them. sense for them to buy a $1.8 million car? To well, no, that makes sense because it's a car cost. show. The fact that they have decided they have to build a tent in the middle of nowhere every, well, it's every week, but every month, let's say. Well, I do feel like they do the activities around that area anyway. Except they don't, because this episode was in South Africa, yet the majority of the show was in Jordan, mm. which is not in South Africa, for you geography fans out there. Anyway, uh, let's not go super deep on this, because, right. and I don't think we're going to do this every show, If you're, in case you're concerned that you're going to have to listen to us going play-by-play play on every Grand Tour episode. But yeah, this episode I was not a fan of. I had to fast-forward through most of that, like, Jordanian army military yeah. stuff so i didn't even get there okay. uh, the only thing that i really saw was when they introduced the aston martin car right which that was good yeah that was like, good that's, that's why like, yeah, that's why you're watching this like oh they're doing exactly. some stupid shit with the car and so when they did like switch the segment over to jordan that's when i kind of stopped when it's also time for me to get off the bus but you weren't so enthralled that you immediately had to get home and watch the remaining half Exactly. Like, I didn't feel the need to watch it because I knew those, those parts were going to be pretty silly. But I am curious whether or not there's going to be like a celebrity part um, in this episode. Do you know? If I there do. Is? Okay. They do the same good joke again. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Charlize Theron gets mauled by a tiger. That's dumb. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's... Uh, yeah. And it's probably actually her. You never see her this time. I think this mm. time... That's body double. Yeah. It was done on the fake green screen out the back. Speaking of South African, there is a game that's based in South Africa. Well, not actually. There is uh, one mercenary that has a South African accent. And it's apparently South African accents are now the accent du jour for mercenaries. Previously, it would be like the Cockney British accent. Oh, I see. Or the Australian accent. Ever since District 9... South Af- if you're a mercenary, best to have a South African accent. There's that one character in Mission Impossible 2 that has a really terrible South African accent. Uh, I don't remember <laughs> Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> so much terror that movie. <laughs> but anyway, let's not go into that Only right actually now. started getting good after Mission Impossible 3, I feel. Wait, Mission Impossible 2 was the one with the motorcycle dancing. Yeah, it's John Woo. <laughs> yeah, so, so, yes, <laughs> yes, with the motorcycle dancing. <laughs> yes. And there is an Audi TT and another Audi TT dancing, like a convertible car dancing. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Next to a cliff with a lot of smoke, possibly some pigeons or doves. Oh, always, <laughs> always. And uh, two pistols, right. one in each hand. <laughs> exactly. Pointing at each other, yeah. but not shooting. Getting back to this game, uh, this new game is called Titanfall. Uh, I have recently played it and finished it, um, just a campaign, which is great. So previously, I've been talking about the game in... In ways that maybe I just explain it, right? Mm-hmm. Explain it in a way that maybe I'll just give like an overarching story. So I figured for this usually one... usually where I fall asleep, yeah. So, so now I'm going to try and do things a little bit differently where I actually try to convince you to see if this is a game that you'll want to play. Oh, like this, okay. Um, you are in control of a solitary rifleman who just joined this initiative of fighting against this opposing force that's very menacing and taking over everything. It's a futuristic world where um, one way to battle is to ride these huge giant mechs called titans. Oh, I see. And then you fall off. That's a titan fall. Well, they launch the titan from a ship 
to your location mm-hmm. on wherever you are, and that's called the Titanfall. Okay. Uh, and then when they do it a second time, it's the Titanfall 2. Or Titanfell, if it's past tense. Right. The, the, the prequel, right? right. Rather than calling it Titanfall 0 or Titanfall Origins, it's Titanfell. Yes. yes. You're a rifleman, uh, and the people that can control these titans, these giant titans, are called pilots, because they're obviously piloting these titans. Very good. Like Pacific Rim. Exactly. Okay. Um, and you are in line to sort of become this uh, pilot because one of the pilots sees potential in you and starts training you. Oh, wait. So a, pi- so a rifleman is worse in society than a pilot? Well, in this army, because you don't have a titan. You just go around shooting a rifle. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't have a massive mechanical no. warrior to control. No. Okay. So you yeah. run alongside the pilots and their titans and fighting against the opposing forces. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to do that. So one of the pilots uh, sees potential in you and starts to sort of train you um, to become a pilot because he sees like there's something there's something there, mm. right? Is this like, on the side where the army general would frown upon such a thing, but he sees such potential in you, he trains you in secret? Kind of. Okay. Normally, I think, I you know, this. normally they start training you a lot sooner, but and, and they notice that you are a bit later in the game, but... Lots of potential, you know, the, the, the midi-chlorians are strong in you. Oh god, okay, don't retract that. <laughs> You've lost me now. You go off on this mission, uh, and instantly you see your, your buddy, your pilot friend, die in front of you, because okay. you get knocked out, and just as you're about to sort of pass out, you see them blowing up your, your friend's pilot, or your friend, the pilot, and their, and their titan. When they wake up, you find that everyone else, all the enemies are now gone. And your pilot, uh, your friend pilot, hi, pilot, hi pilot friend, yes. hi pilot friend, uh, as he's dying, switches the control of the Titan to you. Ah, uh, thoughtful. The Titan then starts to speak to you and says, finish powering me up so that we can go fight this and complete the mission. And so the initial part of that mission is to actually power him up and get you up to speed and becoming a pilot. But as soon as you become a pilot, um, you find all this power on being a Titan, riding alongside this this big mechanical robot, fighting the enemy. Yeah. And uh, the interaction is really good because you can actually exit the Titan at any time and still fight as a rifleman. Through the doors to the front and the side. And the side and, and, the, the, rear. Ex- and the aft, yes. yes. And then when things get a little bit too hot, you can quickly jump back into the pilot, into the Titan and start messing shit up again. Mm, okay. Um, obviously, as you're going through this campaign, uh, you fight other big Titans that are the enemy Titans. Oh, the enemies have Titans? Okay. Yes. All right. And these enemy Titans have different qualities. Like one shoots this laser. Another one is like shoots a bunch of, bunch of missiles. Gotcha. Uh, one just tries to come towards you and starts beating you up or one has like this fire attack so you have to you have to think a little bit uh in order to try and beat these other titans this titan on titan action titans need to hit their weak spots tits on tits okay we can edit that out oh staying in <laughs> is tits a bad word is that you no. think that's offensive because i mean you say like tit mouse right well that's the name of the mouse uh because one of my favorite terms is tits up right like i feel my attempt at this has gone tits up and trying to convince you to play this game. <laughs> no, that sounds kind of good. I could, I could see myself maybe playing this. 
It sounds complicated. And it is. We, yeah. It is a bit more advanced. It's kind of like playing Doom because it is a first-person shooter. I used to be able to play Doom. Right. You know, when looking up was this magical ability that no one had ever thought of before. Uh, what platform is this available on? Uh, all modern platforms, none of which you have. <laughs> you, no, I don't think you'd be able to play it on your Mac. Maybe, yeah. but it'd be really shitty. I'd be interested. Mm. Like if I was around your house and you were like, hey, do you want to play Titanfall 2? Should I play Titanfall 1 first? No. Don't need to know the story? Because Titanfall 1 didn't actually have a campaign mode. Didn't have a story along with it. It just... Brought you straight into the multiplayer. Robots fighting. Right. When it's this map, you're playing against other people. Um, I actually like this one because there is a campaign and builds a little bit of story around it. Um, the multiplayer is still the bigger part of the game. Most people are probably buying the game for the multiplayer. Uh, I'm really happy with the campaign. I'm glad that it was only like six to seven hours long. It's perfect dad-sized <laughs> gaming amount. Do you find that's good value for money, though? How do you balance the cost of the game versus well, time Well, there is spent? a big multiplayer element. So I do feel like it does balance itself out. Right, like um, if you wanted to go and play it more, then there's this multiplayer right, aspect of it. exactly. And I think there's still, like, I wouldn't mind playing over the campaign again because it was short and interesting. Uh, and there are, like, lots of collectibles in the games. So mm. I don't mind doing that. I would, I would play this. Would I buy a console to play this? No. No. I'm, you know, if I had a console, perhaps. I do feel that if maybe the Nintendo Switch came out next early next year, they probably would make a port for it. I played a game on a console since we last recorded. On which console? Um, I'm going to say a PlayStation of some sort. Okay. Was it a one, two, three, or a four? How would I even? I don't know. I don't know. Did your controller have a touchpad on it? In the middle, like a rectangular touchpad. I touch don't think so. Just the two little joysticks and it, then the... But it did have the X, square, circle, triangle. That's PlayStation, right? Yes. Okay, there you go. Correct. That nice. is a PlayStation. But I'm a game pro. I was trying to determine which PlayStation it was. Probably yeah. a 4. It was wireless and had like little... Color, and then each remote had colored thingies on the back. Oh, that's a PlayStation 4. Okay. Congratulations. Nice. Uh, I played the game Overcooked. Oh, right. That's a great game. Was good. That was a Thanksgiving game that we sat around and played while actual people were making actual Thanksgiving dinner in the next room. <laughs> so they were very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were doing a better job of cooking than we were. It's actually a way. very high-stress game. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I had you... to tap out after a few rounds. Okay. What's a few rounds? Like two? Two or three. Okay. Yeah. I think the kitchen caught on fire mm. the first time around. Everything just was on fire. How many people were playing at the same time? Four. Oh, wow. So it was a good full-on game of Overcooked. It was. To give the high-level view, you have to cooperate in a kitchen to make food and make the orders. The orders come in, you right. have to prepare the food, cook the food, build the orders, send them out, clean the dishes, and repeat. Right. Uh, I think the main aspect of this is that you have to communicate verbally. Yes, exactly. So, so there are different stations within the kitchen that do different things. Like one is to actually cook, one is to prepare... One is to maybe wash, right? Yep, there was a sink. And so whenever you prepare something... And on our game, there's the one who grabs a fire extinguisher and puts out <laughs> everything that's on fire. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so when an order comes in, it could be like cooking tomatoes. Um, we okay, one person. Is, we don't, I don't really want to have two game explanations in the same show. So no, that's good enough. Right? I'm, just, I'm just talking about the intricacies of the game because 
why it's such a cluster, why it becomes such a clusterfuck, and why I think this is a high stress game for you. Just just to quickly explain, if you don't communicate, you can quickly get, you can quickly do things that other people are already doing. Yes, I think it's pretty good team building or team bonding game, or just determining which one of you, which one of your friends is a bossy ass yeah. person. <laughs> totally. <laughs> But or yeah. if you get four people who are all not bossy ass people, that mm. is also works very well. Like I think they can communicate and delegate and share what they're doing. I think generally, if you're a self initiator, you do pretty well as a game. But self initiating at the same time communicating that you are self initiating. I'll do the tomatoes, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So I played with like two sets of people, and like the first one definitely had the head chef person. Mm-hmm. and that was like the first time I played it so actually in that situation you're like okay yeah right that's actually helpful you tell me where to go I'll do it you're like I am the trainee chef in this, <laughs> in this the situation the sous chef um, is sous worse than head chef oh, yeah sous worse than head chef but I think sous is it's actually quite above, yeah it's still uh, quite trained I up I think mm-hmm. I'm exposing my lack of my kitchen knowledge here so there you go I thought you'd be impressed I played a game on a console great and it's actually quite a modern game yes yeah it's uh came out this year there you go. You congratulations well this was at uh friend of the show drew peterson's house so mm. you know he is well known for being up on his games being up with the games okay we can do a third game okay this is gonna be all about games yeah this is this is the game episode this is the game episode I've completed Software Software Heist. Steam, Steam World, World Heist. I, the app is abbreviated to SW Heist Which on the app icon. Previously. And I just go software. But yeah. It was actually called Heist iOS. Oh, that's better. Well, I don't know. Is well, there's it? no heists involved. That's my, my problem is it's not really heisting. Right. You're just like killing everything you see you come yes. across. Maybe that is what a heist is. I don't know. Uh, I've completed it. Nice. I have killed Vectron. Oh, I'm not even... Oh, I even Sam. Know. Oh, my dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. I leave you for one week, and you've become... <laughs> I'm playing console games. Smug-ass gamer. I'm completing iOS games Yeah, before you. Yeah, and those are two very good indie games. So Overcooked is an indie game, and so is SteamWorld yeah, Heist. Maybe I'm more on the indie game side of things. Maybe. Because I am quite hipster. This is why you don't want to play Titanfall, is because you're an indie snob. Oh, this is a triple A... Titanfall is thing. kind of a triple A game, yes. Are you impressed I know what triple A is? Uh, it's not the car insurance company. No, okay, very good. <laughs> uh, what I like about software, Steam World Heist, <laughs> software heist. Software heist. Okay, if I call it software heist, we'll just skip over it and go, okay, you know what I'm saying. I like the little timer that it tells you how long you've played for each, uh, oh, right. each thing. Which I think it's probably a standard thing in games. In most like, games, yep. yeah. So how long has have you played it for to finish it? 11 hours and 37 minutes. Oh, not bad. <laughs> no, because I know someone else that's been playing it for 14 hours okay. and I don't think is near completion. The caveat should be I played this on the casual gaming mode, which was fairly easy. I think there's maybe two or three levels that I didn't complete on the first go. Mm. So I'm now playing it second time around on the oh, wow. second easiest You're level. actually playing it again? I am. I really enjoyed it. Wow. That's that's actually really good news. This has bumped. Um, what's that golf game I play that I've forgotten about? I'm even forgetting the name of it. Noodle Cake. Noodle Cake Software. Super Stickman Golf Three. Super yeah, Stickman. that's bumped golf way down. I haven't wow. played golf since. Did you uninstall Super Stickman? No, it's still there. Okay, but I probably will get rid of it. It's quite big, isn't it? 
Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. So good recommendation. Thank you. Matt. I are some problems with it. I would imagine. 50% of that 11 hours was walking to and from that fucking space map. <laughs> like, there's just so much time doing nothing, and you're like, I'm doing nothing. Yeah. Come on. Like, like every time you dock with a ship, right. you have to go there's a waiting walk time. over to the ship. Yeah. Every time you go back to your own ship, and then you have to navigate somewhere else, you need to walk back all the way to the space map, which is like on the other side of the ship. That is true. Go to the space map, fly to a new place, back in, you're back at the, still in the space map, table right in your ship and then you have to walk oh my gosh i was like okay let's get this done and my second complaint i'm uh, on a roll now is when you complete a level you have to tap 20 or 30 times just to get back into your own ship like you complete the level hooray now you have to tap through all the swag you you got you have to tap the swag to open it then tap the next one to pull that into focus tap again to open it yeah tap to bring the next one into focus open that you have to go through that then you have to uh, sell some of the swag if you don't have space for it. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go through all the... Uh, uh, what do you get? You get um, experience, experience points. points yep. And you have to go through that. And then you get new abilities. You have to tap <coughs> that mm-hmm. for each player. And then you get the final scores. And you have to go through a tap. Um, oh, my God. I'm just like, cup tap. Okay. <laughs> come on. I don't care. Get this over with. I want to shoot things. The item management thing is actually uh, a, a nice part of the game. I don't know if it, it really clumsy the best. I think it was perhaps works on a big screen. Yeah, uh, in a smaller screen, it was just. And I feel there are certain things that ported over, especially for mobile devices that aren't like normal paradigms in gaming. Like usually, when a mission completes like that, you sort of want to take your time and readjust all your equipment and all your stuff. Um, set them to different characters because you know they play better with certain with different weapons. Yeah. That kind of timing, I think, works better on regular TV or console games where you sort of have the time to do that. But on a mobile device, like you kind of don't want to have to deal with that kind of shit. Yeah, you probably don't notice. I would guess like with a console game, you have a controller, you probably don't notice. Right. You're like tapping. tapping. Yeah, yep. you're just like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. Whereas with a screen, you're like, oh, I mm-hmm. have literally put my finger down on this thing and tap a thing and lift right. it off. And I don't know, maybe it's just more obvious, but yeah. Yeah, I have very few problems with the game. I didn't actually draw on that fact that I am tapping a lot. Um, I Until do, the RSI crops up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did continue playing it, even though I had to reinstall it, and it didn't bring my save over from the previous phone. Oh, because you upgraded to your phone. phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, and so now I'm back in the original place that I left off uh, okay. on my other I phone. Okay, you way back. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to continue to play it, which is a good sign as well so i'll report back as well yeah. on when i complete it maybe if you have the skills you can complete it like me you it, i know now it takes about 10 hours to finish it so it'll take me a bit a little bit of time so yeah this concludes our edwin being smug and gaming episode right first ever all right let's end it